Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever, have you ever had like a, a run a day, part of a day where like every little thing went wrong? And I don't mean like a, a bunch of things went wrong throughout the day. I mean, every single time the option was for something to go wrong, it did. I've got like a six hour run of that going on. And it's amazing. I'm even alive here to talk to you about about this show tonight, um, which I am happy to do, and uh, and hopefully my hands still work because I I knocked over my coffee, and that's where this all started. And then I knocked over my beer. I don't mean I knocked over my eighth beer of the night. I mean, cause yeah, you do that. I mean, I knocked over my only beer of the night, and then five minutes later, I knocked it over again. <sighs> I am Kelly Wells. I am your host. And you can find me all over social media at Spooky Milk or Spooky Milk Games. Sorry to be such a downer because I really did enjoy this episode of NXT. Um, I'm just saying I want the the podcast to go well because nothing else did. So there you go. Uh, we're going to talk about the main event first of uh, of this show for February 3rd, 2021. But why don't I first tell you, you can call us if you like, 515-605-9345, and uh, hit that star one uh, if you want to ask us a question. Uh, you can also email us, that is pwtorchnxt at gmail.com. Good start, I got both of those right. Okay, so let's talk Main event. Um, this was a quarterfinal match in the Dusty Classic. If I had to nitpick anything from tonight, it's that the women, we got a semifinal, and the men's, we got a quarterfinal. And not that that has to be a problem, but like going into the show tonight, I was like, I don't know where the hell any of these tournaments are. It's really easy to forget, especially when some of the matches aren't even on the show. Um, that That's going to be probably one of my bigger nitpicks on a night where I, I felt that things went pretty well leading to a takeover, which is not named very well, but we'll get to that abortion of a name. Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher against uh, 
Adam Cole and Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era. This was the only match won by babyfaces, but it had to be because there were only babyfaces in it. Um, Champa and Thatcher won this quarterfinal match to move on to a semifinal against Grizzled Young Veterans. Uh, this ended with Willow's Bell by Champa onto Roderick Strong. This went 17:04 on a very wrestling heavy night. Uh, we got 61 minutes 29 seconds of bell time. We've seen more, but we haven't seen more often, and we usually end up uh, between like 48 and 53. So this was heavy. Uh, it felt like it, and and indeed that was. Uh, we did bear that out, um, but we're getting closer to the finals of this tournament, and we had stuff that deserved to go. This was, uh, for me, just an excellent match. Uh, if, if This started with uh, the grappling you would expect. Uh, I had a small markout moment when both Champa and Cole made the tag, and we got Thatcher and Strong, because it doesn't feel like we've seen a lot of that, if any, and uh, this, this is just a matchup that you want to see these two grappling um, lots of that leading into um, increasing violence that got to a crescendo and guys fighting off finishes. Um, I really, really dug the pacing of this match as it picked up. We are not, it seems like mandated breakneck pace is not necessarily the deal anymore. And I feel like they're finding a pretty happy medium. Um, I really like the way this match was worked after uh, the end of this match, when Champa and Thatcher finished and they won, they went up to the ramp and they were admiring the large dusty cup. And then grizzled young veterans hit the ramp and they first started jawing a little bit with Champa and Thatcher and then, of course, they, they all started coming to blows. Now, I thought when Champa got into his get-off-my-lawn uh, type of his character and faced Timothy Thatcher, uh, targeted Timothy Thatcher, I didn't think that made a lot of sense. But targeting grizzled young veterans does make quite a bit of sense. So uh, they could really do something that with that if they wanted, but they do have to do this match next week. So we'll see if they have any time to promote that in the first hour of the show, since that will probably main event. Um, Champa also stopped dyeing the hair on his temples. He's got uh, a lot of gray hair grown in on his temples. I don't think we've seen that before. Certainly not as much as we did tonight. He looked a lot older, and with the version of the character he's doing, I think that's fine. So in 1704, Champa and Thatcher advance to face Grizzled Young Veterans next week. Tom Stout, who are you, and how did you like this main event? At Tom Stout on Twitter, and uh, Kelly, you're making me feel at least a, little, a tiny little bit better about uh, my my GameStop investments. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, boy, these guys were motivated tonight, huh? Um, this was a, a nice little main event here. They they really got the most out of every single moment that they had in the ring. So uh, high, high compliments for what they were able to pull out here. Um, my, my dumb little aside is, is that on top of everything that you said that I agree with, I, I enjoyed before the match even started Wade Barrett on commentary saying that, you know, pointing out that he was saying boom on his entrance before undisputed era made it cool. So I, I, he finally brought that one out. I thought that was funny, but you know what? I, uh, you know, not being a two Oh five live viewer, this is the first time that I'm seeing, uh, Thatcher and Champa team together and upon their entrance and all throughout the match, I found myself caring, actually caring about something that was going on in NXT, uh, because we've been through a pretty cool story with them. And 
they're proving the worth of their similarity that they discovered through the storyline because they already have a really nice tag chemistry with one another. They feel like they've been tagging far longer than they actually have. And it's got me at a point where I feel like even though we've been predicting and I've been wholeheartedly agreeing with it all along that grizzled young veterans will and should win this tournament, uh, seeing what Champa and Thatcher brought to the table tonight you know, you you want to say, oh, this is the team that should be putting other people over ultimately. But when you consider the state that the tag division and the tag belts have been in for quite a while now, it feels like grizzled young veterans, for as good as they are, would just be maintaining the status quo. And I feel like what the tag division, what the tag belts need is an injection of two single stars put together in a good, not just wacky, but a good tag team. And that's what we've got here. So I know that, or at least I don't recall it being officially announced that the winners of the Dusty Cup are going to be in contention for the tag titles. But that is the safe assumption because because that is the way it usually goes. Um, and I mean, this, this, we're talking about tag champs that we just saw defeated by, you know, stronger singles wrestlers that paired together, tagged together for the first time ever last week. So it, it really does feel like the optimal choice has suddenly become just go all the way with Champa and Thatcher. Yeah, that's what I was starting to think here, too. Um, I, I didn't know if I wanted another. And, and you're right. This a uh, good tag team coming together, uh, not just wacky, um, even if it started in a wacky way. Uh, I, I don't know how you stop short of doing it with these guys, even though they've told the story of thrown together tag teams um, doing it before. But in the other ones, they were thrown together for the tournament. This one, the two came together and the tournament happened to be going on. I know that the confluence there is no accident, but um, but the story was organic and told over time and made sense. And both guys really, really are great in-ring storytellers, and uh, more of this was told, even though a lot of this was told outside the ring, uh, the majority of it and the really important story beats were, were told inside the ring, and uh, even, in the, even in the way that they intensely stared at each other after matches. So, um, so good stuff, really fun to see these guys together, and I guess it's okay that the first match was on 205, uh, because, you know, Holding off on these guys and wetting our appetite for it, why not? Nate Lindbergh, who are you, and uh, and why don't you talk on the main event? Sure, at Nate Lindbergh on Twitter, and I write the NXT hits and misses, which I'll be posting in the morning. Um, I uh, I also thoroughly enjoyed this main event. Um, I'll be honest, by the time I got got to this point in the night, and it, this has nothing to say with the about the show, I just didn't really get a good night's sleep last night. I'm exhausted, and uh, by the time we got to this point in the night, I was like, oh, I don't really feel like watching another match. And um, they really pulled me out of that. Uh, you, you know, you guys are absolutely right. They, they kind of got everything out of uh, every minute that they had here. It was just a, uh, a really just intense and hard hitting match. Um, I also agree with, with what you guys are saying about uh, uh, Thatcher and Champa. They, they seem like they have been tagging for a really long time. And this is obviously only their second time out. Uh, but you know, the chemistry that they have, um, and the respect that they've built up for each other, um, you know, over the past few weeks, 
uh, well, really longer than that at this point, but you know what I mean, um, or the past handful of months or whatever, uh, it really showed here. And it, it, like Tom said, it had me caring too. Um, you know, it's, it's it, when you get these oddball pairings and stuff, usually, I, I mean, I, I usually find myself caring about them because they do a decent job, but, um, it's, you know, like it, it, it kind of has been tough to like latch on to a lot of the things in NXT lately because it hasn't, as we've discussed quite a bit on this on this podcast is, you know, it's not uh, it's not the same show that that we fell in love with years back. So um, this this was actually really cool. I, I dig it and I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it. Um, there was part of like when this match first started, I, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of torn right down the middle. It was about, you know, probably 51% leaning towards actually undisputed era winning and 49% stature and champ victory. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was, I, and I don't really know why, because when I really kind of stop and think about it, it would have made sense more for, or at least, you know, in, in, in my mind, it's probably because you're listening to what you guys are just saying too, is it would probably make more sense for, um, for you know these two to go over because you know it would kind of keep the status quo as you guys are saying if undisputed era went over and proceeded to the finals and even you know just even one it would uh you kind of leave things in the in the same general order that they've been in for years so this is kind of a uh, kind of interesting I'm curious to see what happens to undisputed era here and if there is any you know fallout from this i mean we've predict we've predicted undisputed era fallout and dissension of the ranks a million times at this point but um i don't know it'd be, be interesting to see what happens here and uh i'm, I'm certainly uh, i'm certainly kind of thinking it, it it could be uh champa and thatcher to go all the way all right if you want to call us once again that number is 515-605-9345 so if you're listening and thinking you might want to do that in the future Go ahead and do that in the future. We are going to go to our buddy Durrell from Georgia, and uh, we're going to ask him what we thought, uh, what he thought. Um, we know what we thought about tonight's show. Durrell? How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, better now that I'm on the podcast and away from the ability to continue knocking down drinks. How are you? Spilling, uh, spilling the um, adult nectar. Yeah, gotta watch out for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, Tom um, stole my fury because um, I'm in agreement. Um, I'm changing my pick. Um, uh, after tonight, I would prefer to see um, Thatcher and Chumper go all the way and win the Dusty Classic at the um, Takeover Vengeance. Which they don't retool the old WWE um, pay-per-view name, which they kind of do always now, um, and potentially take that win to maybe win the NXT titles. I understand. I know um, that for for a while people been saying the NXT tag team division has been down, which it has. But what a, a great way to build it back up by having these two guys win it and having somebody chase them. And maybe GYB and potentially take it off of them to build up heat or something like that. But they don't have to be the first challengers. But use those two guys who have nothing going on at this moment, build up this tag team division again, which after tonight's match, which you had between Undisputed Era or whatever, it made the next week match between them and JYB feel even bigger and feel like something that could headline a show for right now, a main event, um, NXT, after how the Dusty Classic started. So that's my first question with y'all. 
seeing those those this tag team match tonight and how Champa and Thatcher look tonight, did it really boost in your guys' eyes the tag team division and this Dusty Classic as a whole? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My feeling is always that these tournaments are actually best timed when the tag division is thin. That way you can use it to ideally build that tag division. You you automatically bring more focus to these tag teams who aren't necessarily um, doing a lot or, uh, or aren't necessarily the current focus of the show. And then if you get lucky... You can uh, find lightning in a bottle and you can 
create some teams and realize, gosh, we got to run with these guys. So I'd be surprised if grizzled young veterans weren't the pre-tournament decision to go over. But I also wouldn't be surprised if that is an audible now. Um, wouldn't be surprised if it's MSK either. Uh, I, I think we got a lot of chances here. I wouldn't write off any of the teams. I don't think it'll be Legato, but I wouldn't write off any of these teams. Uh, and the only downer for me next week is that one of these matches has to go on first, and that will probably inform, and it, it'll be Legato versus MSK. That'll go on first. But uh, but it's going to kind of make clear who's going to win the other match, which is likely going to be this one, this GYB versus Champa Thatcher. Uh, I, th- I think this has done a lot potentially for the tag division. Um, I wish we had a slightly more visible tag team champions. They're on the show, but they are currently playing second fiddle to uh, to Pete Dunne, which they should be, don't get me wrong, but uh, but that's what they're doing. Um and, and they should because uh, Dunn's got his thing going for uh, for the championship at Vengeance Day. Vengeance is a good title. Judgment Day is a good title. Vengeance Day, not a good title. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I like what this has done for the division potentially as a whole. And, and it might be a Band-Aid on a corpse, uh, but it might be that they get something out of this. Uh, Nate? I, uh, I completely agree. I mean, it's, you know, we've talked about it in the past where it's, you know, the, the tag team division has been a little thin. And I've even said it like you kind of in a way doesn't make sense to, to actually, if, if memory serves, I think what I said was didn't make sense to have uh, this many teams. You take 16 teams again and, and put them back in if, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. But um but yeah, you can take some teams, take some oddball pairings, put them together, and and, uh, and create stories. It definitely makes sense. I mean, if you you go back and you look at, I think it's three of the three of the winners now have been oddball pairings. You get the Broserweights, uh, uh, Alistair Black and Rick Shafe and Balor and Samoa Joe, uh, all winning the Dusty Classic. Um, yeah, Alistair Black and Ricochet. I mean, they. I mean, they they had a decent uh, decent run in NXT, if memory serves. I know it was it was when I wasn't watching, but obviously they, they, they went to the main roster with that. The Broserweights, we had a blast with them last year. Uh, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, I remember very fondly as well. I know that wasn't a a super high time in uh, in NXT, but uh, I was is it like the height of my uh, my early NXT fandom. So. I think it, it. I think it certainly makes sense, and, and it could certainly work. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to bring up, and I don't remember what it was because, hey, that happens to me quite often. Um, so I'll go back to Tom, and if I think about it, I, oh, I do remember what I was going to say about NXT Takeover. Uh, this is something that I've, I've been, and I'm sure we've all been wondering this as, as well. Is you know, if uh, if NXT Takeover was potentially named beforehand, uh, I haven't seen anything about it, but uh, considering the day the Takeover is taking place on. Uh, uh, I was kind of thinking it might be like St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and I noticed that. Uh, and I, I think Kelly, you were off the show that week, but it was the sixth, the day that the uh, January sixth, the day that the Capitol was stormed, that they announced Takeover, and we noticed that it was kind of conspicuously unbranded. Um, so I'm wondering if that was potentially the case, and they decided last minute to do away with St. Valentine's Day Massacre, considering the events that happened that day, but. Uh, Never know. So that's just my uh, my two cents. Want to throw it out there and go back to you guys. At any rate, I definitely need an explanation for Vengeance Day. Uh, Tom, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that was my theory as well. What's worse, Vengeance Day or Our Evolution? I'm also not a fan Yikes. of the follow-up to Our Evolution, which was Rival, which was a play on Arrival. Arrival and right. it ended up being kind of confusing because it was like, are we supposed to call it Our Rival? Uh, it, it, in the moment, like you look back, it's okay, it's Rival, but whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, Kelly, what you were saying about the tournament, um, you said that w- uh, uh, as a prediction – basically, uh, as an informed prediction when I was poo-pooing this tournament because I was not excited about it at all. And this is probably, this is definitely, in part, me actively digging for things to like in a show that I have been widely down on lately. Um, But I agree that we have already seen, now down to the final four teams, we have already seen an elevation of the tag scene thanks to this tournament and thanks to the teams that are um that are that are winning it right now because i all four of the teams that we're talking about right now i enjoyed the matches that they wrestled to get to this point i i genuinely enjoyed them and i am intrigued with the results moving forward which is way more than i ever suspected to say about any recent dusty cup or honestly pretty much any dusty cup that we've seen, let alone one with 16 teams at a time when it just felt like the tag division was the least interesting thing on the show. So, uh, so Kelly, you are correct. Well, thanks, Tom. I'm, uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the, uh, the one that ended with, um, the mighty versus AOP. I mean, those, those were lean times, my friends. Um, like they added a, stipulation onto that match just to try to get something out of it. But it was a foregone conclusion when they got to that match. Um, like the only thing they could have been thinking, I thought was maybe to elevate, uh, the mighty, but, uh, but the AOP weren't losing while they were there. So, um, so that's what, uh, that's what they did. That was, that was the finale to one of those tournaments. And the I had shark cage match pushed. was, the. That was oh. the same match, the Dusty Cup finale and the Shark Cage match. I think so. Yes, I, oh, I, 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 I happen to have the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page pulled up, and that was. Oh wow, uh, was it? I remember that being. Sho- I, I remember that feeling shoehorned anyway because they had a Shark Cage playset that they were trying to sell, okay. and the, I, I believe usually they're tactful isn't the word, but usually it's done in such a way where the gimmick gets to, gets announced before the playset is advertised. But this time they advertised the playset first and announced the gimmick after. And it was just like, you got to be kidding me. And the match was brief, too. I want to say, like, for a finale, like, it was seven or eight minutes, I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe Nate's got it still open and has the has the match. Um, but I, I, I want to say. Match length, match length is actually listed on the Wikipedia page. Oh, for stupid. Um, yeah. But I want to say it was only seven or eight minutes. At any rate, uh, don't want to go another seven or eight minutes on oh, this. Oh, actually, so go ahead. Oh no, okay, it's listed for every match except for that one in that bracket. Never mind. Nate, what up with this uh, with this false tease thing you're doing? Um, maybe we can uh, maybe we can find that out later. Um, Darrell, go ahead with uh, the next one. Okay, I want to. Um, so I'm gonna mix up two things that kind of intertwined because of one person. Um, I like um, the build-up of um, Fantasma and his group throughout the um, night. And um, even though the um, title match of the Cruiserweight match was okay, it was just okay with me. 
And I still think they need to work on Kurt Stallion. But seeing that they had Kyrian Cross come down and make and make him bag down, even though he didn't he didn't stand down at first, but he eventually bagged down. I didn't like that portion of it, but and I didn't understand that they were trying to make him into a face, uh, whoever, or uh, this a heel heel matchup. And then also this goes into with Ed coming out because they teasing. I guess this year that Ed could kind of whoever the NXT champion, and he came out there and talked to Finn Balor and all of that. And I like the little um the matchup between uh, Finn and Pete. I like the little confrontation so far, and I like Kerry and Cross um coming up and coming up to Ed outside of the door, and um, when he was walking outside and telling him, "You might not um you need to make the um logical decision, an educated decision." And tonight just felt like this was a night of Kit trying to show something different in carrying Cross with how they had him come out there and talk and how he met up with Ed and stuff like that, trying to add more to him. What do you guys think about that, the matchup between Finn and them and uh, how they use carrying Cross to link both of those segments together? Okay, so whew, that's a lot of ground to cover. Um with Edge, I'm tempted to just hang on a bit here because uh, because he was a big, big part of this show. Um, bizarrely, and I, I'm not sure if everyone caught this, but I actually had a different title to my recap because earlier today they announced Edge and Damian Priest facing Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor uh, in what would ostensibly be the main event of this show. Um, but somewhere between 12 hours ago and now that was retooled and it just became edge, uh, edge appears. And I didn't realize that that change had been made and I didn't change the title of my recaps until late as a result. So, uh, people probably think I'm a crazy person, but it was announced, uh, that match. So I'm going to save edge a bit for now. Let's, uh, focus on, uh, Legato del Fantasma and, uh, it might not be able to talk about this without it so if he comes up whatever we'll just go on and on because we got to talk about it all anyway so um early on we got a legato segment and of course most of the talking was done by escobar and he just said they were they were gonna win they were gonna win everything and it was so puffed up and everything like that that even though i was predicting him and uh them in both matches it seemed it kind of was an effective red red herring because you thought maybe at least one, if not uh, the whole group, would get their comeuppance um, for their hubris, but that did not happen. So we've got a quarterfinals match: Legado del Fantasma versus Lucha House Party. Uh, this one was properly motivated, and of course these two teams had to face each other. Of course, because you got to have the um, the true lucha against uh, the pseudo true lucha. Um, you know, you can call it either team, whichever, uh, according to your preference, but Legato del Fantasma does go over in this one at 1014. Um, lots of high spots in this match as you knew there would be. And then after the match, uh, Legato del Fantasma admiring the dusty cup from inside the ring and MSK came out to the ramp and stood and flanked that, uh, dusty cup. And they started jawing at, Legato del Fantasma in a way that just barely, I think, stopped short of annoying, but your mileage may vary. Um, they were 
they were they were irritants to Legato del Fantasma, and hopefully not in a way that will cause them to be eventual irritants to uh, to viewers. So um, MSK, we still don't know what it stands for. Um, this week I'm going with marijuana, says Kelly, but uh, but I don't <laughs> know if they know what it's uh, what it actually stands for. I, I'm sh- of course they know what it stands for, but we don't, and uh, and I don't know if they're going to tell us. So Legato wins that one in 10:14. Um, later on, we got Santos Escobar versus Kurt Stallion. We did get another Kurt Stallion segment before this. It was shorter and it wasn't so overbearingly cocky and swaggery in a way that was tiresome and kind of turned me off at least of Kurt Stallion. And I know you guys kind of felt that way last week. It was still a little bit frat boy, but it was okay. I dare say though, that Kurt Stallion is a very good baby face in the ring. He, he took a beating and I thought that he was very good at garnering sympathy for himself. So, um, now I get Kurt Stallion because I, uh, as a face, because I really like what he does in the ring as a baby face. Santos Escobar won this match in 1323. He dominated the vast majority of it. Um, and, uh, Scarlett was out on the perch here watching Santos Escobar. And, um, I really like that the announcers didn't play dumb with the tarot card. Like, who could this be? They never, they didn't spell it out until they had to, but they never played dumb about who laid that tarot card there last week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, Karrion Cross, of course, comes out after Santos Escobar's win over Kurt Stallion and uh, jaws at him a little bit. And then he says, run along. And that is not a babyface thing to say. So even though if they're trying to go babyface with him, he got booed for saying run along because that is a super narcissistic thing to say. Um, yeah, I guess we kind of have to talk about Edge here because he did talk to Karrion Cross while Karrion Cross was leaving. Um, we don't know yet if Edge is just here to put over the NXT talent, which, yeah, that's great. Or if this is a, a real thing, we're not going to talk about the other edge thing here yet. Let's uh, so let's hold off on that. But for now, um, we'll leave it at that. Other than the fact that Kevin Catani also emailed us and did talk primarily about Stanley and Escobar. Salutations, gents. I hope this email finds you well. I was definitely a fan of tonight's episode. Match quality was solid. Storylines were advanced. And the final four of the Men's Dusty Cup is solid. I love the story they are building around Edge and his upcoming decision, and I look forward to his choice. What did you all make of Kurt Stallion's debut? I need to see more of him, but I think he held his own against Escobar. I loved the smile on Escobar's face when he realized Scarlett was watching him. That said, do you think this setup will lead to Santos losing the belt finally? If so, what would be next for him? Thanks as always. Office hours are now over. The Professor, Kevin P. Catani, Ph.D. Um, I'm always looking forward to the next thing that Escobar is doing, and I think that after cross if escobar stays heel and i think he will because i don't think you waste a heel act that good unless you know he can really really bring it as a baby face um i think somebody like kushida whether kushida wins that north american championship or not i think that could be a lot of fun um moves counter holds that kind of thing uh yeah so uh, I, too, loved the smile on Escobar's face when he saw Scarlet. He didn't uh, do the old trick of just, like, acting all scared. He was amused that he was gaining all this um, all this attention. I just really, really like Escobar and, and the entire act. So um, covered a lot of ground here, but, uh, but let's go with it, Tom. Yeah, let's see if I can put it all together here. Uh, first of all, real quick, AOP versus TM61 at TakeOver Toronto went 8-20. 8-20. So, yeah, relatively brief. Um, and, uh, yeah, I also saw that Edge and Damian Priest match advertised, although it was advertised through a Photoshop on a prank account. So I know that it got some traction. I don't know... I, I want to give you some credit and say, like, maybe WWE advertised something and pulled it, and then the prank account picked it up to keep it running. But I'm pretty sure it was a prank that just worked on most people. Um, I I was wondering if we might get a Damian Priest farewell match, uh, since he was working a little bit of a, a program with Malcolm Bivens on, on Twitter today, and I was wondering if we might get Priest versus Rust. And I could see either of them going over there and it, it making sense, depending on how they played it. 
Um, but, you know, uh, Malcolm Bivens is always working Twitter programs with everybody, so I probably shouldn't have put as much stock in that. Um, and, yeah, I can absolutely compartmentalize the, the, the bulk of the Edge stuff over to a different segment here. Uh, Stallion versus Escobar. I had uh, kind of forced myself to be interested in this because I I wanted to see what Stallion could bring. I was worried that he was going to have Leon Ruff syndrome, and I just thought, let, let me give the kid a chance. And he's got Leon, Leon Ruff syndrome. Um, I don't – it's not a final answer on the guy. It's not a verdict because – as you said, Escobar dominated so very much of this, even though it wasn't a super quick match. Um, he, he just dominated so much of it that I pretty much just saw Stallion selling the whole time uh, with a with a baby face comeback in there. So I, I don't feel like I've really seen what he can do yet. Um, but I but this match didn't do much for me in, in the way that I was looking for it to. Um it was I think this was even before bell time uh, or or rather before this bells opening bell sounded um they acknowledged uh jordan devlin on commentary saying that he's uh hosting an open challenge on tomorrow's taped show for nxt uk and i want to say that's the first time that they've actually acknowledged him on the domestic they did last week but that was the first time okay okay um Okay, so yeah, but I, i i noticed it this time and uh what did they call him did they call him the linear champion the lineal they called him the lineal champion okay yeah i i I was wondering if it was actually lineal and i've heard that term before but i'm enough of a dunce that i've never actually known what lineal uh means in terms of championship titles so there's an admission for me and when i heard it i was like maybe linear because that makes more sense in my brain but anyway uh champ wins clean and then stands nose to nose with the with the very scary carrying cross Karrion Cross seeming to be babyface now, coming off like a heel, and the champion, who has won clean moments ago, showing no fear, standing up to him. I'm like, okay, this guy who unfortunately has is trapped to the last name Escobar, which is there's you can't turn that name babyface. He's the babyface in this segment. I, I this this was. Um, this felt like a big vote of confidence for Escobar to me. Um, you know, he's he's doomed to lose this match against Karrion Cross, um, which I don't know. Like like I said before, if this was to turn into a match between the two of them, he can get some bit some uh, some fire uh, against Cross and and show more than other Cross opponents have, and it won't be a squash. So he'll he'll still get something out of it the same way that, say, Swerve gets something out of going up against Bronson Reed. Um, But I mean, yeah, this 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 really uh, felt like a big a big spot for Escobar. Um, And just to answer Katani's email, I I I do not think the title is going to be on the line here. So I don't need I don't think we need to worry about that one. Um, And the tag match, it was just it was a it was a good tag match. Um, I have always liked lucha house party i you know liked is a strong way to put it since they've been around a while and it's mostly just been goofy jobby stuff but i've always liked them mostly because i respect what ring work they they do show off with especially um 
especially Metalik, although I've, I've respected Kalisto for quite a while as well. But recently, since they have not been working with, uh, with Kalisto, not that he was dead weight or anything, not by any means, but since they've become a duo, I've really appreciated the work that they've done. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm always naysaying the the flippy stuff when it's like that's all that you do is the flippy stuff. But these guys are just so precise with it. Um, on top of just like making it feel like it's legitimately their style rather than just a show, which I've mentioned before about Metalik. But I, I you know I've been watching uh, Lince Dorado more carefully now, and I feel I can say the same about him. They're just they're so good at, at this style of match so I, I really appreciate seeing what they can do obviously they, they were matched up well here as we've seen before but i would say that this match was better than the prior match that they they had with these guys so um so yeah good stuff nate on the near half hour we had of legato tonight yes okay so i'm going to start with uh, lucha house party versus legato i think it was a uh, it was certainly a solid tag match um it was it was more uh, more entertaining than I, I typically will find lucha house party matches and i and i feel bad saying that because like i know the two of those guys that go out there and they put on a great show i just where they've been so defined down on the main roster i i guess i just kind of i i instinctively tune out because it's just like lucha house party they're they're on the main roster, running around with 24-7 title, getting jobbed out, and then they come down to NXT, and they're supposed to be taken kind of seriously. So it's it's hard for me to do that. Um, that said, uh, the match itself was good. Uh, you know, it was a solid match. Um, I, I think, uh, obviously, you know, Legato was the, the clear choice to go over here, but uh, yeah, that, that certainly makes sense. But uh, but it was it was obviously that, that, that they wanted to revisit this match, um, you know, kind of both sides of Lucha, and uh, uh, I think they pulled it off pretty effectively here. Um, the inclusion of uh, you know um, uh, Carrion Cross uh, kind of talking with uh, Escobar outside is certainly intriguing. Um, I also don't think it's going to be for the title once they finally do get in the ring, um, simply because Carrion Cross, I want to say, is technically billed at like 260 or something like that, 265. So, I mean, it's a little bit more than than 205. Although I, I know we've talked in the past about. Uh, them not necessarily uh, holding on to that weight either, um, you know, making that be a hard and fast rule because I think uh, even Escobar weighs more than 205. But, um, but I don't think uh, I don't think it's going to be the Cruiserweight title. However, like I said last week, I'm I'm intrigued by it because you don't always need to have your champion in a title match uh, or a title feud. You know, we're even you know uh, Kelly said it earlier. You know, I mean, only Lorkin and, and Danny Birch they're you know they're they're playing second fiddle to uh, uh, Pete Dunne right now, um, which kind of does leave the tag team division and you know without uh, without a champion. But the main focus is on uh, the classic anyway, so that kind of works. Um, but I, I like it because I feel like carrying Cross and um, uh, Damian Priest, Karrion Cross, and uh, Escobar—they have such—they're uh, so different with their their in-ring styles. It's, it should be—it should be a fun match to watch. Uh, you're kind of watching that that powerhouse versus the Luchador uh, is is always uh, at least for me anyway. It's always usually a good time. So uh, all for that. Um, and then uh, I don't think there's really much more to say that already hasn't been said without getting into the other edge stuff. So uh, I'm gonna just shut up. Okie doke. Uh, Darrell, if you've got another one for us, go ahead. Okay, and just to say what y'all spoke on, Jordan Devlin. Yeah, that's the second time he brought up his name. And also, what's intriguing is they were doing Escobar maybe versus Cross. And in UK, they're doing 
uh, Trent Seven versus Jordan Devlin. And we know Trent Seven is far from um, 205. And they're trying to, and they're building up to a title match for uh, for that right there. So just intrigued, just intriguing on how um, they're playing both sides. And we got another UK um, commercial on um, tonight's television too. So just intriguing. Now my 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 next thing is going to be on a video package that we had. Um, I guess they finally gave us the name of um, the person violently. And Bo have been getting um, tortured to um, now to be the, their new better self. Um, this thousand year old person <laughs> in face paint. Um, what do you guys thought about that? And um, what do you guys think this is? We have a new faction, I guess. Yes, indeed, we do. Um, this the name of this faction was shown on screen either last week the week before i can't remember and tom tom and i both made note of it and now because i didn't write it down i cannot remember what it was it was something it's, like uh tian shi or yeah it's it's chen Xia, which is the closest that my american mouth can come to properly pronouncing it but of course because this is nxt they're pronouncing it chen Xia. okay chen Xia. all right We'll uh, we'll try to commit that to memory, and I'll have to see it written a few more times before I can do so. And uh, yes, this was the the legend of uh, a woman named Mei Ying, who um, who had to take down her family to ascend and then become what she did not want to become. Uh, this was a, kind of a cinematic. In you know what, guys? I recently played through 100% of uh, Ghosts of, Shu- of Tsushima, and they did a lot of very, very beautiful segments, exactly like this, like exactly. And um, so it was very cool to see a segment done in a similar way, telling a the story of a legend um, come to come to reality like this. This was I don't know how this will go over for the average person. And the announcers, like, they kind of, not exactly jokingly said, are you trying to tell me that this is a thousand-year-old person here or whatever? Um, and uh, they're, I don't think they're going to try with that. That is like 1980s, 70s sort of um, wrestling kind of stuff. Uh, maybe not all the way 70s, but 80s and 80s and maybe even some 90s. Uh, but with Vince, you never know because he, he, he loves playing it straight with that kind of weird stuff. So anyway, um, I liked this. I thought it looked cool. Um, we did. I, I only wish that we had gotten this segment before the screen showed the name of the, it really seemed like they buried the lead when they, when they gave us that. And I thought, man, are they telling something out of order here? Um, and they kind of did, but uh, yeah, I I like this segment. I like the way it looked. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're now on Patreon. By popular demand, you can now support us directly through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, including an entry-level tier one that takes the ads and plugs away. You can have the VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast. That's 14 podcasts per week, but with the ads and plugs edited out, plus you get the VIP after shows. Don't be left out anymore from those for just $4.99 at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We also have a second tier and a third tier where you can upgrade to get other VIP content, including other VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletter, the current ones and 20 years ago version. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nate? I absolutely loved this segment. Uh, from the animation to the story to uh, even the thousand-year-old woman, if that is necessarily going to be canon, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. And I, I, in a way, I'm, I'm a little shocked that I'm saying that because there have been so many times where I've been – Okay, I don't want Hokey in my wrestling, uh, you know, in, in NXT because it's kind of escaped NXT. You know, we, we back in Halloween we were talking about how zombies are now apparently canon. Um, you know, so it's it's like eh, whatever. But um, there's something about this that I really like, and I'm I, you know, like I said, I, I've. I've really kind of liked and dug this story from the get-go, from you know the mysterious letters that uh, Boa kept giving Zia Lee and, 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 and things like that. You know, going through the the whole honor and 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 uh, the whole honor story, and um, you know, kind of building everything up, building themselves up to become warriors. And this was just kind of like a, a cherry on top for me. The the animation style was incredible. Um, I, even the the just the whole production of it, uh, the, you know, the, the voice, the music, um, or the, the voiceover rather, and the music um, really was was great. The story, I mean, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's a gen- kind of generic, but I mean, in a way, kind of a little bit generic, but still it works. Um, 
and uh yeah it just it really got me hyped up for for uh for you know for this faction i'm not even going to try and begin to pronounce it because uh i'm gonna butcher it because you know it's me but uh i i'm really hyped up for this faction um you know whether whether we see you know more wrestlers uh enter it uh you know is kind of i guess to be seen i'm not sure i know there was a couple uh, and Tom can probably speak this better than me, but I think there were a couple Chinese wrestlers that we were talking about that were signed, but uh, recently, uh, or relatively recently. But um, uh, you know, I'm I'm certainly on board with it. And uh, if they give us some more of the like some more history of this faction using that same animation, it's like sign me up on board totally. Tom. So I think it's funny that her name is Mei Ying because that sounds like Mei Young, um, but I'm for it. I also absolutely loved this. I think it's by far the best thing that they've done with this repackaging of Zaya and Boa. Um, you mentioned Goats of, Ghosts of Tsushima, which, of course, is Mongolia and Japan. But so many people in NXT played that game, and it's one of the bigger games that's come out in recent months. So you are probably exactly correct on where that style came from. I haven't played the game yet, but I, I, I believe you that that is the same style. We've also... It's become popular, and and maybe uh, maybe you guys or maybe uh, listeners being in the wrestling world have seen this in the Ric Flair documentary that came out, I want to say, two years ago now. Um, but it's become popular in the documentary world lately to, um, instead of having actors recreating scenes or just having talking heads um, talking about stuff that happened in the past, they will actually animate scenes um that they're that they're discussing so that's a documentary trend that we've been seeing so that's what i correlated it to um but uh you know i didn't i didn't register all of the story that they gave us because they were giving us a lot of new information very very quickly but i am i will be interested to see if if they refresh our memory on this or if they repeat this uh in some way enough that we do end up remembering without like going out of our way to study it, uh, remembering this backstory enough, or if maybe there will be more chapters added, um, but remembering it enough that planned storylines uh, will echo what is in it or, or refer back to it in some way. Um, this, was, this was strong enough that it has me hoping for and looking for that kind of thing. Like I remember that they mentioned um, the, the, the younger male figure in the story uh, I believe murdered his father or murdered, murdered some kind of father figure. And so I'm wondering if the elderly man that we've seen is going to going to go away at some point at the hands of Boa and it will be this story echoing over again. Um, and and you know what, if if they say she is a thousand years old or that she is possessed by the spirit of uh, a thousand year old spirit. I, I can groove with that. So, um, so yeah, this was, this was a very promising, uh, development. All right, Darrell, if you have one more, go ahead. Otherwise we will move on. Okay. And my last thing is to, um, go over the, um, I like when they had Finn come out there, you had his finger taped up from last week's attack, still selling it. And, and making it seem serious. I like that he um, gave the announcement that they're going to have the match at TakeOver, which we have five, m- most of the five matches set up already. I wonder if we get a six. 
And um, I like how they had using Ed, having him come out there and build up both guys and build up the brand itself and talks about how he was watching the brand. And that's and this brand is what gave him the the motivation to come back and, and, and take his career back. I like everything that they had about it. Pete Dunn, again, he's not a guy who's all about promos too much because a lot of his character work was built with his just character work with his act action in the ring, especially it was, he was a new type of heel at the time when he first came out, so he's morphing into something else. Um, I'm interested in seeing how did this go, especially when you have the Loom and Kerry uh, and Cross stating whoever wins that match, no, he next, and he going after uh, he going after the title that he never lost, which he's um, also stated the edge. Just a, just a pretty good um, pretty good decent statement um, all together and round up and using the um, um, the Royal Rumble champion uh, uh, winner to build up everybody and use up what he just coming off of from Sunday to build up your main your main event showdown, which needed a little bit more maybe, and um, and build up everybody and the brand. How did you guys like that? I thought this was a wonderful use of Edge, um, and I thought he absolutely killed it in his segment. Um, so, yes, this starts with Dunn, Lorcan, and Birch. Uh, some basic stuff about Dunn saying he sent a message to Finn Balor, but he didn't listen, so that's why he snapped his fingers. And he warned Balor not to make him any clear, make it any clearer than that. Uh, Balor came out, and uh, because all three guys were in the ring, he um, baited Pete into being proud enough to send off the other two guys. So still basic stuff. And this is when uh, we got Edge, and... Uh, he he really did a good job of putting over the guys and the brand itself. Um, I what I really loved and really appreciated was uh, he said a lot of times in WWE we put the focus on the E, but in NXT they focus on the second W, and that's fun. I loved that line. Um, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know if Edge came up with it. I, I it's. Absolutely love it. Chef's kiss for that one. Um, and then, uh, so Edge then teases that he might be looking at an NXT championship match for uh, for TakeOver. It's it's funny. Jack Argyle emailed us a few days ago, and he asked a few things that could happen at uh, WrestleMania. And I meant to say WrestleMania there. And um, almost all of them were somewhat answered tonight, uh, funny enough, uh, after he sent this a couple days ago. But I don't know if they're working toward Finn and Edge, um, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised by that. But this also works, even if it's just a red herring, because it brings eyeballs, it brings interest, and ideally brings eyeballs, we'll see. And and I think it might make sense, maybe, if this is really what Edge wants, given the way that he put this over, uh, true or not, uh, that this brand is what rekindled his passion. I, I really dug what they did here, and I think that it could be a better spot for him than, um, or a better matchup for him, and more intriguing one than either Roman Reigns, who's got a lot of things going on, and it doesn't matter who faces him; it's going to be it's going to be good because all the stuff has been of late, and uh, or if it's going to be Drew McIntyre, who it, it doesn't seem like an obvious match because they're both beloved babyfaces. So um, a lot of time before WrestleMania, but 
I would not be overly surprised if this was the direction. And both these guys are baby faces too, but Finn can be as heelish as you want to be. Um, Tom? So it's it's funny timing since uh, tomorrow morning I will be uh, recording the new episode of WWE Then and Now with Frank Pettiani for PW Torch uh, and. PW Torch NXT, PW Torch VIP, and uh, we are covering Elimination Chamber 2010, which features a segment uh, where William Regal comes out and announces that WWE's Tuesday slot, which was the prior week, ECW, uh, will now, this in a, a couple days from Elimination Chamber, become uh, NXT with the you know the game show version of the show, and he is interrupted by recent. Forgive me if this sounds familiar recent royal rumble winner edge who is still deciding which championship he's going to go after um and he's waiting to see how elimination chamber and other other title things shake out before he makes that decision uh so funny timing there uh listen to that on vip um this is when when it was announced that edge was going to be on uh nxt this is Pretty much precisely what I expected him to be doing because they they ripped off the seal on Royal Rumble winners challenging NXT champions last year with Charlotte challenging Rhea. Um, So I figured that this would be Edge uh, giving a rub to Finn. Uh, and 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 it, yeah, I didn't figure that he was going to extend that rub to Karrion Cross, but that's that's what happened, and that's all that I figure that's going to be. Karrion Cross is still in a situation where no matter what he's doing, we are looking past it, and he is looking past it to the title. Um, so for, for as many good things as I had to say on the Escobar side of things, for his interactions with Escobar tonight, and where that brief program, uh, presumably brief program, could go. Um, on the cross side of things, nothing he's doing feels important at all because we're just looking past it to when he angles back to the title. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really appreciated the way that Edge credited NXT with sparking the flame that uh, that kicked his rehab into a, a gear that made him want to get back in the ring again. What you know, whether true or not, uh, it's it's a really cool thing to say, um, and. It uh, it just oh boy um, the promo between Dunn and Balor thankfully that was brief because it was so stilted and I know that's you know these these guys they're playing to their character but it was just so so stilted and wooden the, um, the pauses were get, so long I thought somebody forgot a line it, it it seemed that way didn't it yeah and then you get yeah. Edge coming out who already has a lot of natural charisma and now has a bunch of uh, uh, acting experience on TV shows. And it shows in his promos, and he's speaking very naturally. Um, and this is neither here nor there, but uh, how do I want No, whatever. I already set it up, so I have to pay it off now, but it's such a stupid thing. It's just a dumb joke. I noticed the the sexual tension in the way that Kyle and Finn were just glaring at one another last week, and the same exact thing tonight with Edge and Finn. I'm just like, Finn just has sexual chemistry with everybody. Um so so good for you, Finn, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that I think that covers it. I oh, well, I will say I will say that, you know, I, I think that this is just a rub because uh, they're already telling the narrative that what Edge wants to do is reclaim something that he never lost. And that would be one of the top titles, whether he argues that to be the WWE or Universal title 
is to be seen. But um, but I, I would be I would be very surprised if it's the NXT title. Yes, uh, but the red herring will work either way, and um, and it made for some uh, newsworthy stuff. So um, on any of that, Nate. Yeah, so I, uh, I I agree. I think it's kind of a red herring as well um, for uh, everything that Tom just said. Uh, I am really high on the idea of Edge challenging for the title, though, and I would be over the moon if he did actually win it. Um, the only thing that I'm really going to add in the interest of time, because, man, I really want to go to bed, um, is that I do believe that uh, Edge was being truthful when he said that it was NXT that kind of reinvigorated his uh, his passion for uh, for trying to get his career back. Um yeah, I was a I was a an ardent listener to the Edge and Christian podcast, uh, Edge and Chris E and C Pod of Awesome, uh, when it was a thing, and that was one of the things that he, Edge constantly was talking about was NXT, and partly because you know Beth Beth's on the brand, but uh, you know he, it was always his favorite thing in the WWE. He was always talking about it, and he was always talking about how he wishes he could go back and give back to NXT and 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 kind of give back to those. Uh, uh, to, to you know, to the newer and upcoming talent. So it would not surprise me at all if, um, even if this was his entire, like the entire thing was his idea to to go down there and um, you know kind of play off this Royal Rumble win just to kind of go down, and put some more eyes on the product, and and work with with the NXT guys. So um, yeah, that's really all I'm going to add. I, I think everything else that I, I wanted to touch on was already covered. He is I, and I am him, and I'm. Matt Taven, the real Ring of Honor World Champion. And you know how I show everyone that I get it? By tuning in to the Podcast of Honor with Tyler and my personal main man, Ryan. This is Ryan. And I'm Tyler. And we are the hosts of the wildly popular PW Torch VIP show, Podcast of Honor. Our show covers everything Ring of Honor Wrestling, from analysis, show recaps, and wide-ranging interviews with the stars of Ring of Honor. Download the Podcast of Honor each week and support the best podcast on the PW Torch VIP network. All right, so we've got uh, a few other matches and um, and a few other segments. We've got two emails, but they don't necessarily uh, hit any of the stuff that happened in the ring this week. So um, let's do this one on its own because it is the last uh, tournament match and the other two matches were brief and so we will keep those together so opening match of the night was uh casey catanzaro and caden carter against uh still want to say reina raquel gonzalez and dakota kai this one went 1301 gonzalez ends up pinning catanzaro after a uh, choke slam i think it was um this one was frenetic chaotic it was uh it was it was a fun opener and there was real doubt here. I thought they did a really good job of promoting cat and zero and Carter last week before the first match. And, uh, and before this one as well, in a way that really made it seem like this team with matching gear and this, this underdog team could really overcome Gonzalez and Kai, even though overcoming Gonzalez is a big, big deal right now as she is as monster as she's ever been because they put her over Rhea Ripley. So Gonzalez and Kai move on to, uh, to take over in fact. So, uh, even though they did my girl Dakota Kai dirty in the Royal rumble and she went out really quick, um, eliminated by Rhea Ripley, you know, nothing to be ashamed of, but it was quick. Um, she does get to be at takeover again. So that is good. Um, it probably gives away, the finish of the other semifinal match. 
Um, but then where does that leave Candace uh, LeRae? Hard to say. So uh, Gonzalez and Kai move on to the semifinals. Nate. I uh, I really enjoyed this uh, this match and like what you said uh, just now about you know Casey and um, uh, Casey and, and Caden Carter um, really really rang true to me uh, you know they've between the, you know it, between the matching gear and just everything that they've they've kind of put together uh, themselves over the past handful of weeks um, you know their chemistry and the wins that they have and even even I think it was. It was the last week of the week before I forget where they went backstage after their win and they were being really annoying uh, during a different backstage interview. Like even that was even though it was annoying in a way, it was a little endearing because here you go. You've got these two women that shouldn't have probably won that match. And they did. Uh, and they were excited about it. So um, I could kind of see that, you know, them trying to pull off like endearing, not necessarily annoying. I think that might have been the way they were trying to go. But um Regardless, uh, it, it was just it was cool to see, uh, you know, to see that. And, and I got quite a few times throughout this the fa- uh, that that thought, that notion that, hey, maybe these guys might do it. Um, I didn't really believe that they were going to beat um, you know, Raquel Gonzalez right now, simply for what you just said. You know, she's she's an absolute monster at the moment. But uh, uh, it, it I kind of got a couple of those moments. Um, you know, they were getting some offense on them and uh, you know, things like that. So. I got to I got to tip my hat to Casey and uh, and Caden. They uh, they've really stepped their game up and they they look good. Uh, yeah, they, there's still a little bit of greenness here and there, but um, I'm 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 really digging what they're doing and I, I really like the act. So um, you know, clearly uh, Raquel Gonzalez and, and Dakota Kai were you know kind of the obvious choice to go up here unless there's some screwy finish or something. Um, you know, because of uh, Raquel Gonzalez's push really is, is kind of the biggest factor there. But uh, overall, I'm okay with it, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing this final at uh, TakeOver. Tom, on the opener. Yeah, I, I agree that at long last we are past the point of me looking at Casey Catanzaro being in the same match as Raquel Gonzalez and saying that this is the way they had to do it because – Casey has trained with Raquel and Raquel is walking her through a higher intensity version of their training matches, uh, which which was the case previously. I, I believe we are well past that. And Catanzaro is still one of my favorite things to watch on NXT because I feel like she is uh, one of the few things on the show that is a true developmental project as as NXT used to be chocked full of. Um so I really enjoy watching her progress it to to the extent that she almost feels like, you know, blemishes and all. She almost feels like a pet project of mine, even though I've put no effort of my own into into her development. Of course, it's all it's all her and it's all WWE um, unless tracking her and vouching for her on the podcast counts. But um, but yeah, this this kind of match out of out of her and, and out of Caden is uh, really good to see. There were. Unfortunately, some uh, several extremely sloppy spots in here, but I I do not blame the wrestlers. I think that even though I agree with you, Kelly, that it does not seem and it hasn't seemed for for a while now that that breakneck mandate has uh, has remained in place. It does seem like they were given that for tonight's opener. Um, And if they had just slowed things down one degree. I think that they could have nailed the spots that they were having trouble with. Um, but there, there were some rough moments, but overall 
uh, yeah, really strong uh, showing. I really enjoyed, um, really enjoyed seeing it. And I, I agree with what you guys said about, uh, the, the finish being in question. Um, so yeah, I still as ever looking forward to more from, from both, uh, from all four involved and, um, you know, the, the one negative, uh, that I'll, I'll point out is that we're really going to need a nice video package on the women's dusty classic next week, because I don't want to go as far as to say that I wish we had seen more of it because there are two tag tournaments going on concurrently. And I definitely don't want to have to sit through every single one of those darn matches. Um, but it really feels like those of us who don't give a damn about two Oh five live, uh, have, uh, kind of, gotten the shaft on the women's dusty classic it's like wait a second this thing's almost over over already i feel like i've only seen two matches yes indeed um and and that was the trick and it maybe to draw some eyeballs to 205 but then they didn't really promote the matches that were going to be on 205 they said oh we did this thing over on 205 um Seems like they had the best intentions and then didn't follow through on them. There were two other matches on this show. Leon Ruff versus Austin Theory was the second match on the show. Theory wins in 617 with his uh, ATL uh, cutter thing. Um, Yeah, so, of course, Johnny Gargano was out here. Um, The women from the way got involved, and then they got attacked uh, by Shotzi Blackheart and, and Amber Moon leading up to their... Uh, semi-final match next week. Uh, Shotzi and Ember got their uh, 30 seconds of work in, and then they went to the back. Um, and then Leon Ruff did a flop so he could get uh, Johnny Gargano kicked from ringside, and this only gave him the ability to be pinned clean when Austin Theory hit him with the ATL. Uh, after the ATL, uh, he did another one, and uh, then went out and he got the ring bell, Holding the other end of the ring bell was Dexter Loomis, and uh, Loomis took him down. Um, I don't remember exactly what he did, but they are working toward Loomis in theory, which is a really weird use of both. But um, what? how do you get a guy who doesn't talk into a feud? I guess you get him into a feud with one of the guys who talks the most, um, because the other guy has to talk a lot. So in the absence of Cameron Grimes, who's already had a feud with Loomis, I guess Austin. I guess Austin Theory makes sense. The other match, uh, if you can call it that, was Jesse Kamea versus Tony Storm. This went 120. This uh, didn't make sense because it was heel heel. Jesse Kamea, we were told, is now officially part of the Robert Stone brand. So uh, at a time where we've gotten less Robert Stone brand than ever, we are adding a person to the team. This was we. This broke because uh, Robert Stone said it to Wade Barrett as he was announcing. And then they broke that news and got that out there real quick because this turned into a Mercedes Martinez hit the ring and she was going to attack Tony Storm, attack Jesse Command to get her out of the way. We were never given an official decision, so I counted this as a no contest, even though it could be a disqualification with Kamea winning, whatever. Um, Io Shirai came out and she picked her spot and she hit a moonsault from the top rope to the outside on both Tony and Mercedes, and we got the triple threat that I thought they were probably working toward last week. Even though they could have taken turns, uh, I thought uh, triple threat probably made a little more sense. So um, they haven't spent a lot of time on this triple threat, uh, but it still seems like it's somewhat motivated uh, to the fact that we got there. Hopefully we do get a hard sell on this next week, Tom. 
Um, yeah, Kamea held up her end nicely for what it was, but this was obviously going to end in a schmaz. Um, for for whatever it's worth, the uh, the promo that Tony cut backstage beforehand was just I, I'm really <laughs> losing any shred of optimism I had left for Tony. It was just awful and overwrought. Like everything she does is I I don't think I've ever believed a single thing that she's done, and now that I've now that I've been experiencing her heel act, it's just like, okay, so there's nothing there from you on either side of the ledger. All right. But, um, you know, it, maybe it's because they haven't spent too, too much time on it. But I really don't feel like at this point, it, for as much talking as we've done about like every single week, it's like, oh, Raquel's the next champ. Oh, Mercedes is the next champ. Oh, Tony's the next champ. Uh, maybe it'll go to Candace. Uh, I at this point. With with takeover as as close as it is, I don't feel like Mercedes or Tony are a threat at all. And maybe I'm still traumatized by constantly betting against Shayna Baszler and always being wrong during Baszler's run. But that actually has me worried that NXT with NXT's new and new DNA that it's been showing off for like six or seven months now, that that actually is going to lead to a title change. EO's had a pretty lengthy run now. And uh, I, I would like to see, um, you know, I, I, I was vouching for Tony when I thought that maybe she might show me something as a heel and she hasn't. Uh, so now, yeah, I'd like to see Mercedes as a champ. I'd like to see her win that in a one on one match. But we'll see. Um, I'm just the way I'm looking at it. It's it's EOs to lose. Um, as for Austin Theory and uh, Leon Ruff, Austin Theory did not need new music, but a lot of people who have gotten new music did not need it. Uh, and, and now he's gone from generic but identifiable to something completely generic and unidentifiable. To be fair, it's only the first time I've heard it. I said the same thing about Shayna Baszler's music when, when she changed hers, and she's still using um, using the one that she changed to that I criticized. Well- Austin Theory's music is still the way, but it's it's the way uh, like the way's music is still like sampled in the hip hop version of his music. So it's it's thin, but it's towards the beginning. Like the music, uh, Johnny and Candace's music is part of it. Okay, I must have missed that. All right, well, thanks for setting me straight. Um, this was a fun match. It was, uh, and and Leon Ruff selling was good as it always is from Leon Ruff. Um, sadly, I'm sorry if they're going to keep on having him wrestle on the show. I have to keep on saying it. I, I don't believe any of the offense that he dishes out. I don't believe that anything that he does actually would make Austin theory react the way that he does when he sells for rough. So there's that. Um, I, Wade Barrett had a really good night tonight. I also, uh, wrote down what he said (laughs) when, uh, when, when Beth Phoenix babyface commentator was, criticizing Austin Theory's win and and Barrett just said there's enough darkness and misery in the world already so <laughs> that's why he's happy about a win happening on the show because he he just doesn't want to be a negative Nancy there's enough darkness and misery in the world already so ultimately overall this was a fun segment of the show although peppered with a lot of stuff that I just don't like in in um in Leon Ruff and in Johnny Gargano overacting his, his own stage interview was just way too much. It's probably the most over the top that Johnny has ever been yet, which is a high bar for him lately. Uh, and then throwing in Dexter Loomis again at the end, it's just like, can we, can we not? But, uh, but I, but I didn't, I didn't hate it.
Are you a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling? Then join the New Japan Pride podcast starring Bethany Rubel and Javier Machado with an eye for the action and an eye for the story. We'll keep you abreast of all New Japan shows both in Japan and also covering their American expansion with New Japan Strong. And I'll watch all the Yano matches so Bethany doesn't have to. And I'll watch all of the Ibushi matches. Wait a minute. I didn't script that. <laughs> Listen to our weekly podcast exclusively with the PW Torch VIP membership. Become a member at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. You know, Gargano's been so over the top so much lately that this one for me was just like throw it on the pile. I, I I guess I'm becoming desensitized to it because I was like, this is the act now. Um, so it didn't even really occur to me that this was any more overacted or uh, overwrought than any of the others. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't bring that up, but since you did and it's the only thing left, I guess I'll do that as well. Uh, he doesn't like to hear the name of Kushida. He yelled because he heard Kushida's name. And maybe that's why this one stands out. I don't know if he's overacting more or if it's just so stupid that he would get mad at someone for saying the name of a person. Um, like the old, uh, the old, um, Gargano is so, so in the rear view at this point, this is just so completely different. So, at any rate, the two matches that you have uh, not talked about yet, Nate. Yes, yeah, so I guess uh, I'll start with Storm um, uh, and um, and Jesse Kamea. The, the really the only the, the biggest uh, takeaway I have there is I'm I'm glad Jesse Kamea is getting a little bit more time on TV because maybe she could afford the rest of her attire. Um, that's that's really my biggest takeaway from that match. Uh, the second match um, with Gargano, or uh, sorry, Theory and Ruff. Um, you guys pretty much talked about just about everything that I wanted to. Uh, Leon Ruff, I like it, it sucks because I, I I like the guy. Um, I I, I want to get behind him. I really do. And uh, you know, and I think he is he's definitely he's definitely talented, if not still a little bit green. But I'm I'm right there with Tom. Uh, I don't believe the offense that he's doing. He's just so he's so small, and the guys are bumping around so much for him that it doesn't doesn't seem natural uh you know it's, it's hard to suspend your disbelief for um i kind of wish that you know he might work in a little bit of a different way or guys might sell a little bit differently for him i don't know i'm not a wrestler i'm not, the, I'm not sure exactly the best way to uh for them to change some of those nuances in the ring but i feel like they could probably change some of those nuances in the ring to have him presented a little bit differently to make him a little bit more believable um because yeah it is it, it's uh, watching somebody of his size, especially after we watched him, you know, before he won the North American title, but you know, kind of just watched him getting jobbed out. Uh, it's hard to, you know, hard to get behind somebody of that size going, you know, multiple minutes with guys like theory. Uh, it, it's, it is just kind of hard to believe and, and get into and buy. So um, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, that uh, with, with this match with Kushida and Gargano um, that they kind of start to get away from, Austin Theory, The Way, and and Leon Ruff, because um, I'm kind of – it hasn't – I don't want to say it's gotten super old for me yet. I, I could probably go for maybe another The Way and, and Leon Ruff match, and then I, I think I'm probably ready for it to be done and, and have them move on to something else. Um, 
The one thing that I do want to bring up here that I can't believe nobody else has brought up yet. Dexter Loomis is a creep show. Um, like, so, you know, we talked about him grabbing, you know, grabbing the bell, a lot of theory's hand and theory is trying to you know, grab the bell and use it as a weapon against uh, rough. And, you know, Loomis shows up, he grabs a fistful of theory's hair, supposedly rips it out. Uh, it was a longer slice, a strand, a little chunk of hair than theory's actual hair. So, um, Clearly, that wasn't his real hair, but whatever. Uh, but he ripped the hair out of his head and then just started, like, smelling it. And that was just really creepy. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, the hair. Why, why would you? It, uh, whatever. Um, weird. I, it just gave me the heebie-jeebies, and uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Well, it was supposed to give you the heebie-jeebies. He's uh, he's essentially he's named after a serial killer, uh, I mean, a TV serial killer. I but get yes, it. I mean it's I what he was it. supposed to do. Um, yeah, that was um, I found that uh, amusing. Not sure if you guys ever want to step into the real world, but in the real world, small guys do beat up big guys. Uh, it's a thing, um, and uh, in a work sport that where nothing is very real, I don't think it matters at all. Um, but yes, smaller guys beat up big guys, so it uh, doesn't bother me at all. So the only other things that uh, we didn't talk about were um, Wade Barrett became a, a U.S. citizen. So he was gifted a, uh, a picture of Jim Hacksaw Jim Duggan by, by Vic, and he played along and did the ho. Uh, also, next week we get Cameron Grimes. Oh, man, does that make me happy. I've missed him so much. Okay, we got two emails to do and um and that is it uh we kind of made some good time here um but neither one of these had anything Famous last really words. to do uh with yeah i guess that's true let's let's get to them jack argyle emailed us this one um actually it was just early this morning but it's uh, a lot of things have changed I think it was earlier this morning. Hey, guys, hope all is well with you. Just wanted to get your thoughts on Damian Priest this past week. I've been a big fan since I started watching NXT. And fingers crossed, unlike Keith Lee, they haven't changed much about him so far on the main roster. He seems to be positioned pretty similar to how he was in NXT, and he got a big rub off Bad Bunny. What do you think his ceiling will be on the main roster? I could easily see him against Lashley for Mania. I do think he has the potential to win a world title. What are your thoughts of his future on the main roster? Second question, do you guys think we may see an NXT title match at Mania with the two nights going ahead again? Would like to see a Finn versus Cross match at Mania or even an Io Shirai title match? Think there's any possible chance of this happening again? And lastly, I just wanted to point out that something that struck out to me, uh, stuck out to me last week watching the show. I thought Aaliyah had a really good showing. I'm not sure if it was because she was working as a face in the match, but her offense stood out to me more than it usually does. I know she's been in NXT for quite a while, and the last few months for her and Robert Stone haven't been on TV in a while, but wouldn't mind seeing more of her on TV in the coming months, even if it is just losing to talent higher up the food chain. I listened to Eric Bischoff's podcast a few months back where he said Robert Stone is probably the natural, uh, most natural funny man he's worked with in the industry i was thinking maybe like the billy k storyline on smackdown you could tell a long-term story of robert stone and Aaliyah trying to find the perfect tag team partner what do you guys think once again thanks guys and stay safe jack a from swansea wales um amusing that apparently we do have that uh that person because jesse kamea uh apparently in the robert stone brand told it, this just dropped on us in the most uneventful way possible uh which is a, a bummer for jesse but um but she has come off very good um in what little we've seen of her so hopefully that'll uh, help her out 
wouldn't be surprised if we saw an NXT championship match, um, especially now that one's been teased for WrestleMania. Uh, Finn is somebody that I can see them wanting. I think it would depend on the champion, but with the champion being Finn, and I expect the champion to still be Finn at that time, even if Edge himself is just a red herring and they're not going anywhere with that, um, I think that Finn is somebody that they will use on WrestleMania, especially with uh, with all the time they have to fill. Um, Lashley being an opponent for Damian Priest on the main roster is very interesting. They used Priest in the Royal Rumble just like I thought they, they would. They gave him a little bit of time, and I think he got four eliminations. Uh, it, it was a good night for him. Um, it was the night I was predicting for him before the last Royal Rumble. So uh, so that was interesting. The, the ceiling, I don't know if I see world championship for him. I, I think Vince will like him. I don't know if he will world champion like him. And he's not super young. So if it doesn't happen quick, it probably won't happen at all. Um But they do like uh, putting 50-year-olds plus in uh, in championship matches like edge so uh so who knows um nate yeah i uh i so i, I do want to say i thought damian priest had a great showing at the royal rumble and and uh they used him exactly how we thought he would we would uh it, it, you were exactly right uh it, he like he's he's got that um that look for the main main roster uh the look the charisma i think he's and i've said this in the past as well he's he's polished enough to be up on the main roster so i'm i'm glad to see him there i mean selfishly i'm I'm gonna miss him in nxt but i'm glad to see him moving on up and and doing some bigger and better things i also agree i don't think he's necessarily going to be um you know world champion material uh and, you know, if it doesn't happen right now, I don't think it it, it will um, again, you know, probably because you know, because of his age. Uh, but I, I also didn't think he'd be a champion, you know, the NXT champion um, here in NXT. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've kind of said it a couple times that, you know, maybe maybe they might put him in the title picture or something like that or he might get a win. But it wasn't he wasn't ever somebody that I would I was seriously putting in that spot. Um you know, I think he is a great upper mid card, um, almost kind of like that Kane type of a spot. Um, you kind of play, you play the upper mid card, maybe play the main, you know, main Ross, uh, main event level every once in a while, uh, you know, as he did in, in NXT. But, um, but yeah, I feel like that upper mid card is, is really like the spot for him and, and he could probably do the best, uh, the best work, um, you know, there, um, as far as uh, let's see, what else did he have in his emails? As far as uh, Robert Stone, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I guess we kind of really talked about that earlier tonight with uh, Jesse. Well, I I didn't. I said the, the attire, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Robert Stone. But we haven't seen him in a while. Uh, but when we were seeing him constantly, uh, you know, week after week, he was one of my favorite things on TV. So, uh, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if if what Eric Bischoff said, you know, at least in his opinion, was was true, and he's one of the better better funny men that that uh, that he's worked with in the business because he certainly kept me entertained. Um, you know, it, I would like to see a little bit more out of the Robert Stone brand. It's taken a bit of a back seat, but now if they're adding somebody to it. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, I, I think maybe we, we might see a little bit more, um, we get a little bit more out of it. I, I don't know why they kind of lost the faith in it, but, uh, um, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more, especially, you know, if they're going to kind of parade them around like this, uh, every once in a while. So, um, what else, uh, Damien, 
Uh, yeah, the uh, an NXT title match at Mania, it's possible. I mean, it is certainly possible. You get two. We're going to have two nights. Um, we've you know they've kind of already like you know Kelly said they kind of potentially teased it. So it's uh, it's certainly possible. And I think I think it's time. I mean, I know they want to keep NXT kind of separate, but at the same time, I feel like the NXT brand. I mean, they work just as harder, you know, all year. They put on some great stories. Um, I feel like it would be cool to get the, you know, I mean, we got the women's title last year on WrestleMania. So I think it'd be cool and I think it'd be fitting to finally get the men's title on WrestleMania and, uh, you know, kind of put some, put some more eyes on the products, more eyes on NXT and, uh, give, uh, give NXT its, its WrestleMania moment this year. But, uh, I don't, as much as I think it would be cool, I don't think it's going to necessarily happen. Wrestling fans, if you're looking for a unique and entertaining way to get your wrestling podcast fixed, check out Ring Rust Radio. Ring Rust Radio uses its trademark brand of banter to cover all professional wrestling you love, including WWE, NXT, New Japan, Lucha Underground, ROH, Impact Wrestling, and more. We also hold sit-down interviews with some of the biggest names in the history of the business, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Trish Stratus, AJ Styles, and Roman Reigns. For those of you who want their wrestling with a perfect mix of serious analysis and comic relief, find Ring Rust Radio dropping every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Tom, on that email. We had two nights of WrestleMania last year, and one of the matches we got was Elias versus Baron Corbin. So I don't think <laughs> filling time yeah. is something they're worried about. Um, I, I would... I would be surprised if we got an NXT match on WrestleMania this year. Although, yeah, I would not be against it for, for the same reasons as, as you guys. Um, I've seen enough of Robert Stone, um, as, as stated, I think it was last week. I, I would not have been surprised if Aaliyah came out and he just wasn't there and they never mentioned it. Um, that said, I, Nate, you said you wouldn't mind seeing more Robert Stone those are the same words I'll use. I wouldn't mind it. I'm not going to, you know, throw stones at him at, at my TV next time I see it, but it's certainly not something that I am vouching for. I think it's, it's all completely dependent on the material and a lot of the material has not been, has not been great for him. Um, I think most of the times that we've seen him, we have not known, or I'll speak for myself. I have not known what to make of him. And um, I, I mostly just, leave the segment going, why is this happening? Um, and Damian Priest, I am looking at his career potential along similar lines as what John Morrison had before he, in his first WWE run, where he's primarily a mid-carder uh, who has um, main event potential, uh, you, know, you know, slips into the main event here and there, but never wins the big one. Um and uh, and that's a good that's not a bad spot. Um, you know, I, I, I thought that for what it was, John Morrison had a had a nice little run there for for a while. So uh, I think that's where we're going to see Damian Priest. Yeah, this was a good a good debut for him. He got a nice, uh, nice rub from Kane and uh, and then uh, Bad Bunny rub. Uh, I'm I'm not familiar with Bad Bunny, but it seems like the, the rhetoric around him is that he's actually one of the more contemporary um, uh celebrities that wwe has 
gotten on their program that that um, their target audience actually cares about. And it doesn't feel like they're bringing someone in like three years or four years too late. And the the best part of Damian Priest's appearance on Monday Night Raw is that he was not starstruck or kowtowing uh, to the celebrity. He, he was just uh, a cool buddy. Uh, with the celebrity, he 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 came off as even cooler than Bad Bunny came off. So um, so that was that was what uh, that was the positive, the key positive, I think there. Um, and uh, and Priest versus Lashley at Mania sounds good to me. Let's do it. Yeah, um, WWE uh, Vince um, during the celebrity host era of Raw had. Um, had ZZ Top host, so so forget <laughs> forget three or four years too old. Um, Vince was bringing on guys 30, 40 years past their prime. Kids are like, who the hell are these beards? Um, Great balls okay. of fire, anyone? <laughs> JB, um, I just read a thing that the Great Balls of Fire movie is quite a bit older than Great Balls of Fire was as a song when they made the Great Balls of Fire movie. So if any of you who are my age wanted to feel old, there's your way today. JB from Detroit emailed us, of the two NXT Rumble participants who would seem to be called over to Raw or SmackDown, who do you think will have the most success and or be booked and treated the best? I think of the two as the younger one, Rhea has the higher ceiling and just oozes the look and charisma needed to be the star. That being said, I don't think she has the traditional look that Vince likes to push in his female stars with the darker punk approach. I think Priest has the size and look that Vince likes, and I think Vince showed his immediate endorsement to Priest with the Bad Bunny interaction on Monday. Also, do you think WWE announcing Edge for NXT tonight seems out of the blue was to counter program AEW's beach break special tonight. As always, love the show and go VIP. Do I think it was counter programming? Probably. But do they get away with it because he did just win the Rumble and he does have a semi motivated reason to show up? Yeah, I think they do. So the ends can justify the means here. I think that's fine. Um, yeah, as far as Vince not. Taking somebody like Rhea and uh, and historically putting her in that top spot, I feel like it's starting to matter, matter a little less what he's used to putting in that top spot because um, Bianca Belair doesn't look historically like women that he likes to put in the top spot for a long time either, and uh, she won the Royal Rumble. So um, as of Rhea having the higher ceiling and uh, just oozing the look and charisma needed to be the star, I would say that Priest oozes as much of the look and as much of the charisma. I do still think because of youth and because of um, a smaller number of women that are really on her level and doing exactly the kind of act that she is, that Rhea does indeed have the higher ceiling. And I think she could be doing it for a very long time if protected properly. Um, I, you know, you ask who's going to be booked better. And uh, given everything we've seen in WWE over the last many years, my answer my flippant answer is neither. Neither will be booked well. But uh, but it does seem like they're off to good starts. So so here's hoping, uh, Tom. Yes, here's hoping. They're already playing nicely on the chemistry and history that uh, that Rhea and Bianca have together. That 
is a, a promising long-term rivalry if they, if they stick with it. Um, I, uh, yeah, I already said how I feel about Priest. Uh, Rhea, I think, is the one with more potential relative to her division. Um, I, I think that she is a potential WrestleMania main eventer. Um, she's an obvious multi-time women's champion. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not like you. I'm not as worried about what Vince's type is. And even if I was, it's all a stylistic choice with Rhea. Um, if you, if you go back to the Mae Young classic, uh, the, the first one, she is Vince's type, you know, she, she's got everything that he looks for in that, uh, shallow regard. Uh, yeah. Right down to the fact that she had no personality. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Yep. Yep. Um, so, uh, and, and as for edge, yes, they, it, um, I'm not going to accuse them of, going out of their way to counter program beach bash. But, uh, if that was part of the motivation here, like you said, they absolutely get away with it because regardless of what AEW was doing this week, it makes sense for edge to be on the show this week. Um, so, uh, so yeah. And if, if it was really, I mean, they, they're guilty of this almost every week with the, the major attractions on the show, but if they were really, trying to push edge as the stay tuned to USA and don't watch Miro's wedding or whatever that was. Um, Miro is the best man um, that they were doing over there. Then they would have been plugging this a lot more throughout the show. Um, They, they, they didn't mention it much. Nathaniel Horatio Lindbergh. Wow. You got it right. Uh, So um, I, I pretty much echo Everything you guys said, um, you know, we just talked about Damian Priest, and I think, you know, he's probably going to upper mid card is probably his his ceiling. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but that, that kind of seems like where where he's going to be. Uh, I think Rhea, you know, and we've talked about this quite a bit um, over the well, at least over the you know, almost year and a half that I've been doing this. And I can't believe I've been doing this a year and a half to get. Um, but, you know, it, it's she is uh, she's certainly got the look to be a star she's got the uh charisma to be a star um you know we kelly you just said you know potential or you know future multi-time champion absolutely um you know i could certainly see her holding quite a few titles i could see her being um kind of the cornerstone of the women's division for 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 a, a while um you know she's she's young she has that you know um and, and you know, triple h said it on one of his media calls months months and months back that you know Rhea, she always treats herself like a professional i think it was actually after wrestling it might have even been Right before WrestleMania last year, you know, she's always a consummate professional backstage. She's always you're trying to help people out, stand late, and you know, always there, you know, doing doing that extra, going that extra mile. Um, so not only does she have the ability in the ring, she's almost in a way. I'm I'll, I'm going to compare her to John Cena. She's got the ability in the ring. Um, I'd say she's probably even better than Cena, uh, but she's got the ability in the ring. She's got the charisma, and then she knows how to play it backstage, and she knows how to be that that person backstage um even at even at her age she's she's shown that uh she can do that so um that that certainly uh certainly makes sense to me if that if that was to be you know kind of what happened down the line um and it uh it would certainly certainly be well deserved as far as the counter programming uh, i same i kind of agree with you guys like yeah probably potentially partly kind of the counter program but at the same time it makes sense Royal Rumble, he can pick a champ. He can pick a champion to face. 
why not bring him down to NXT? Um, you know, and like I said earlier tonight, I wouldn't even be surprised if this was his idea. Like, hey, I, now that I'm back, I want to give a rub to NXT. Um, because I, I do, I firmly believe that what he said in the ring tonight wasn't just scripted and wasn't just made up. NXT is, um, I, I firmly believe NXT is probably one of, if not the biggest reason that he decided to, uh, to, you know, to come back. Um, you know, it, uh, uh, I know from, like I said, from everything I listened to, you know, him talking about on his podcast, he was constantly talking about how he wanted to work with guys down in NXT. So, um, yeah, I'll just kind of leave it at that. All right. My name is Kelly Wells. You can find me all over social media at Spooky Milk or Spooky Milk Games. And uh, I do the recaps uh, for NXT on the torch. And I also am the host and hang out with Tom Stalp every Saturday on the VIP show NXT eight years back. So you can check that out this coming Saturday. We talk about um, the semifinals in the initial tag team championship tournament and uh and in a week or two we will be getting the finals of said tournament we also like to talk movies on there because that is just uh we just want an excuse to do it and this week we will also talk about our favorite uh parent child director well not teams but um our favorite parent child directors uh kids who followed in old dad or mom's footsteps uh that's who i am tom who are you Yes, that is uh, also partially who I am. I am at Tom Staup, and if you are not VIP, you won't hear from me for a little while. I am uh, about to enter what is, uh, with with the job that I've had for a number of years now, the busiest time of the year for me, so I'm leaving these guys uh, to their own devices next Wednesday night and for the takeover of Wrestling Night in America. Um, so, uh, so have fun with that, boys, and uh, I will talk to you on the other side. All right, and I won't be there at the beginning of Wrestling Night in America either, probably because I will most likely be talking with old Triple H on uh, on the media call. So, uh, Nate, you're going to have to hold down that fort. Who are you? At Nate Lindbergh on Twitter, and uh, I will hold down that fort. Uh, we're actually going to be bringing, uh, bringing our listener, Doc Bruce, on to sit with me until Kelly uh, Kelly shows up fashionably late and joins the show. But I am at Nate Lindbergh on Twitter. I write the hits and misses. I'll be posting them in the morning, so check them out when they get up there. All right. Cheers, everyone, and we will see you in seven. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com.
Whether you're looking to occupy yourself on road trips or traveling for the holidays or to occupy yourself because you're not seeing family as much this holiday season, why not settle in and listen to a good book? Audible is a leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers and new releases like the Young Bucks autobiography to celebrity memoirs, languages, business, motivation, and more like original entertainment and now podcasts. And recently, Audible's launched a new plan, Audible Plus. With Audible Plus, you get full access to their Plus catalog, which is filled with thousands and thousands of select originals, audiobooks, and podcasts, including ad-free versions of popular shows, as well as exclusive series. Audible Plus connects you with tons of content that entertains, inspires, and informs. It's easy to find just the right listen, whether it's comedy, romance, suspense, true crime, science fiction, fitness and wellness, or, yes, many pro wrestling selections. You can even squeeze in a workout or guided meditation without having to go to a gym or class. And with everything you want to listen to all in one app, Audible Plus can truly become your playlist for life. It's only $4.95 per month for your first six months. Choose your plan and start a free trial. So go to audible.com Wade or text Wade to 500-500. And you can try Audible Plus for free or Audible Premium Plus for free. And you can make your free selection, The Young Bucks Killing the Business Book that just came out last week. Again, that's audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500. We're now on Patreon. That's right. You can support us and get benefits at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, $4.99, $6.99, and $9.99. The first tier gives you all the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling podcasts and post shows and the PW Torch Daily Casts with the ads and plugs removed. That membership tier also includes the VIP after shows that on occasion we put on extended versions for VIP members at the end of the Wade Keller shows and Daily Casts. And it's compatible with the Apple Podcast app and any other third-party podcast app out there, or you can stream the shows directly from your Patreon app or the Patreon website. Or you can upgrade to Tier 2 for two extra dollars a month and add the Wade Keller hotline to the mix, a daily podcast just for VIP members who support us. Or you can upgrade to Tier 3 and get all the Wade Keller podcasts and post shows and daily casts with the ads and plugs removed and the VIP after shows and the Wade Keller hotlines, plus all the other VIP exclusive podcasts and a PDF and all text version of the weekly Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter and a 20 years ago Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter every week. Full details on how to support us and get so much in return with three different tiered options at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. You can still support us directly on our website and get the full VIP benefits for $9.99 a month by going to pwtorch.com slash govip. That has not changed. This is just an additional option for those of you who are familiar with and like supporting creators on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip.